0: So, yeah, I was just uh, reading through the chapter, uh, Black People's Experiences in Korea. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really interesting. Um, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't shocked to hear of racism in Korea, but I was kind of shocked to, there was one person who said, um, compliment the locals, tell them that their skin looks pale and white and whatnot. Yeah. yeah like what's going on with that
1: <laughs> okay yeah for uh so for those not aware uh asian culture is, historically it's always been about having lighter skin because historically um the lighter your skin is, is a sign you're part of the wealthy nobility class whereas those of a darker skin tone you're a poor rice farmer <laughs> historically so and that same mentality is still around to this day even in not just in korea but also india to japan china everywhere Southeast Asia, Vietnam, still that same mentality of, if you have lighter skin, you got money, whereas you got darker skin, you broke. Mm.
0: Uh, and so, how does that, you know, how do how how does that make you know being a black person kind of you know a black traveler or a black visitor or whatever? Yeah how does that how does that i don't know comp i don't know if it complicates the experience or whatnot or
1: Uh, it doesn't uh for one again honestly for one i know my mindset look no matter what i do in korea i'm just i'm not i'm not korean so it won't matter anyway and second of all for a lot because i work with uh, the kids i'm an elementary school teacher Hmm. so of course i got kids who are you know who had never seen a black person most of the time some of them so obviously, when someone my skin tone comes around, I was like, it kind of amazes them because that's something to see everything. Because again, you know, Korea is a homogenous country where yeah. everybody was the same. Everybody got the same hairstyles, same uh, skin tones, same features, and everything. So when somebody new comes around, I was like, oh, it's a different story.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, so I would say anybody with those darker skin tone, don't be afraid or intimidated about traveling to Asia. Because again, um, it's just a culture. Don't feel bad. It's just it's just how it is historically. Sort of, mean, that's not gonna change anytime soon
0: yeah yeah and so kind of tell me like sure. you, you 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 mentioned it in like the beginning of the of the book but kind of tell me what was your inspiration for writing this book or yeah what kind of led you to write this book
1: it, it was really more of a lack of uh content uh maybe you seen it yourself like you know i noticed myself like During the mid-late 2010s, right, you've seen a lot more black travel YouTubers, Instagrammers, uh, blogs, and stuff like that, right? But most travel content is usually done from white people. White people usually be doing that, you know, travel blogs and YouTube videos. And, you know, there's some good, really good stuff. But, again, like, when it comes to travel, black people will face a different experience than a white person will ever face. And, of course, and another reason I decided to do it, because since I got tired of, you know, wishing and hoping that, somebody will make a black travel guy for black people. And I just say, you know, I'll just do my damn
0: self.
1: <laughs> and my goal, also goal is also to encourage more black people to travel, especially so particularly African-Americans, because we don't travel much, except most of the time, at least for me, at least growing up, I never heard of any black person traveling abroad that wasn't military.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: maybe one or two, but that's about it. That's all I can think of. about one or two. That's all in my head.
0: And you're you're remind me of where you're from
1: uh i lived everywhere from the u.s i lived in alabama watched the state oh my first residency was south
0: carolina okay uh what what part of alabama did where did you come from uh mobile oh okay okay i was um well not it's not near mobile but it's in lower alabama i was in like daleville alabama it's it's like three hours away from mobile um yeah okay okay um yeah, I think that's I think that's good that you were just like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to write this book <laughs> it okay. needs to be out there. Um, how so how long have you been in Korea?
1: Uh, since five years, since May 2016.
0: OK, and then so, uh, so uh, yeah, that's an, another kind of, I guess, um, amazing thing about it is that you so you wrote this book during COVID. Yes, both books. But oh, there's oh, there's yeah. two,
1: yeah. I probably, I'm thinking, man. I think you may have seen it. yeah, I wrote two books. My first book was in Incheon, South Korea, last year. that was the first, okay.
0: Book I okay. And okay, I did
1: start the second book in November 2020, but I had to put it on pause because literally, funny enough, like every time I would do a research, by the time I got done my research, case numbers start going up.
0: Oh, god, so when
1: I started, uh, November 2020, I started researching, went to Daegu. Around the time when case numbers were a little bit low, it was a little bit more safe to travel, right? Went to dig for a week, just exploring, took pictures, yada, yada. Came back, cases just started going up. Same thing in February, I went back, back in February of 2021. You know, went back, stayed for a week, did my research. As soon as I finished, case numbers went back up again.
0: Hmm. So it was just, you just had to kind of deal with the ups and downs of the case numbers and yeah. to get. Because
1: um, at the time, first book, well, first book all, Inchon, I was living in the city. So it was a little bit easy, you know, travel around, getting around versus Daegu. That took a couple of hours, you know, get over there to and back. So I couldn't just go every week or every day I want. Like I had to be legit careful.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and yeah. And this is a time uh, from last summer up into February of this year, 2021. I was stuck on, I was at home, like basically put on leave, basically. With reduced salary, so I had limited income, so I could really go out and do a whole lot of so. stuff.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. That like that's I think that's one thing that kind of scares me about traveling or just going to go live somewhere outside of the US is like the yeah. financial aspect of it. Um Yeah, no,
1: I won't deny that that does get scary, you know, trying to figure out okay, how I'm gonna make money, how I'm gonna live, of course. Um so I definitely say if anybody wants to, you know, consider traveling looking abroad, like got figure out what you're gonna do first, how you're gonna make money. Now, unless you have the skills to do like you know remote work like coding or something like that, then you should be fine, of course. But uh you shouldn't just jump on the jump on on the bandwagon and think like, oh, I'm gonna do some, something similar like dropshipping like everybody else is done. You know, because like, yeah. you gotta be you gotta, this is one of those realistic things, okay, unless you can get a job somewhere working abroad, like maybe for an international company or take your skills to another company, get like work visa or like me become an esl teacher yeah so there are ways to do it but again you always want to be smart about it before you go ahead and say i quit my u.s living job to go live abroad
0: yeah yeah it's possible and, but and just
1: what oh, you guys have a lot of planning
0: do you think you'll just continue to stay in korea or do you think you'll travel somewhere else
1: uh i was definitely to in korea for the simple future until I'm, basically i say i'm done with korea i'm gonna go i'm gonna go somewhere else
0: Mm-hmm. and were, oh, please, were you all did you always want to be a writer or did this just is just something that just happened oh,
1: Excuse me. Um, I didn't know I was going to be a writer really I, I mean I did like you know I did enjoy writing occasionally like in college I wrote video game reviews for my newspapers and stuff for the school newspapers but I never thought I would turn it into like a side hustle you know what I mean
0: yeah 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 what what has been the response to your books and, and yeah just in general um uh,
1: definitely yeah. positive positive feedback people definitely see interest for sure a lot of bad people and also some non-white people you know have a general interest in the book um of course there was confusion like i actually remember um why used was ig promotions, you know to promote the book right Both books I had some posts from people saying confused, like, what what is this? Why did you make this? <laughs> and from other black people too. So oh. yeah, I'm like, you do realize this is a black traveler. And and I remember one time um in one of the black expat create Facebook groups some man, when I'm po- talking about the post about the book, I asked some other black people think about, oh, why did you make this? We don't need a black traveler guy. I'm like, and some people, you know, came to the defense like, he made this book to help other black people because most black people don't travel. It's not really a thing, you know seabelt because mostly due to fear yeah and i actually yeah. like i actually explained to explain them, hey it's really just a simple travel guy you find anywhere else it's more somebody who looks like me looks, yeah. looks like you and me yeah,
0: yeah 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 and you 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 use the word expat could you explain yeah. what that what that word means
1: yeah basically as being expats like a citizen from one country you particularly from the western countries goes living in another country for a certain amount of time for a year or two or
0: more. What has been yeah. some of your your most, I guess, fun experiences in Korea so far, even with COVID happening? Or, yeah, you know.
1: Definitely Definitely um, going out, because Korea is very mountainous. It's like one of those, the uh, Korean peninsula is known for its hills and mountains, so hiking. Uh, I got into hiking a lot, especially uh, living here. Um, I also enjoyed um, else was it? Definitely food, uh, definitely cream fried chicken, Oh, and that's what caused me to gain so much weight, and it's so hard to put it off, because it's that good. Um, and I say that because also, uh, for those who don't know, uh, South Korea, they love their fried chicken. Like, it's, mm. I would say it's more typical than black people. <laughs> yeah, So, like, real talk, like, anywhere you go in Korea, no matter where you walk, you will find a chicken restaurant anywhere wow. in Korea, I guarantee it.
0: Why is that? Do you know?
1: Uh, well, historically, I would say it started um during the Korean War when African American soldiers came through and he started making fried chicken, you know, to sell to Koreans and the other U.S. soldiers, white guys, white soldiers, right? Wow. And now, I don't think historically Koreans they never really fried chicken like that, like we do. Isn't it's never been a thing in Korea for a long time until like the fifties, sixties, and what makes chicken easy? Because in South Korea, um, they don't really—they never really had like kind of what we call social security. They're version social security, because usually, you know, in most Asian countries, like the grandparents, when they get old, to go live with the children, right? So that's always been the thing. But since that's not much of a thing anymore, and when people lost their jobs during like I Asian crisis something like that, um, many Koreans just open, open chicken restaurants because it's like it's so easy to open up one.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. uh, Lois is like a pretty little bear of entry like anybody could open up a chicken restaurant to get the capital you can either open a franchise or an independent shop
0: wow so okay. it's
1: uber competitive so like okay. it's not surprising if someone goes belly up or like barely breaks even so the competition is pretty hard
0: yeah because because is it just because there's so many or
1: yeah the zips, there's so many and i think it got so crazy i think really the korean government had to like step in and put like I guess rules and regulations of where you could open up a restaurant that's not too close to like you know apartments or whatnot because they're getting pretty close to set apartments to housing areas. Mm. Um yeah and so like I said it's pretty it's pretty common usually those who are counting I guess you say retirement age, usually the 50s, you people in the 50s and whatnot, 60s, will open up either a chicken restaurant, cafe. Uh, coffee Cafe. yeah. Because, yeah. uh, again, most people just don't have retirement. So that's the chicken restaurants is usually their retirement. I don't really go out as much. I mean, I never really did before, but now it's something because of the pandemic. Recently, unfortunately, at the time of recording recording, uh, the Delta V variant showed up around the second week of July.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, of course, I, I really don't be care. I got to be careful.
0: Uh, yeah i was just gonna ask you yeah, how is COVID yeah. there but i guess that answers that yeah um, it was
1: it was crazy like um they had especially when it broke out like i was i was in a different city at the time uh daegu was actually the epicenter of COVID, like back in spring 2020.
0: wow and
1: yeah at the time i was living in another city about an hour and a half north away from daegu and i moved to incheon right as soon as things blew up as soon as it blew up it blew up around the world
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um i kind of did became my book today you know to help it out because I, I used to live there too before pre-pandemic and yeah. it's one of the biggest days i lived there i miss it a lot so and it felt weird going back up a few times even now you know going back to daegu seeing i'm pretty sure you can probably understand like you know going to downtown you know how lively it used to be you people going out having a great time walking around and then COVID came, and it's like, where's everybody? This ain't the town I used to know. It's not lively. People ain't chatting as much. Like, no one going out, walking around, drinking. I mean, yeah. still drinking, but it's not like as it used to be. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately,
1: yeah. you know, we still got we gotta get the vaccines, uh, and of course, people gotta stop being stupid and start wearing the mask. But of course, that's not gonna happen, especially in America. <laughs>
0: Yes, that's that's yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Uh, I want to end on a lighter note, but I think that's more. I mean, that's just very realistic. Like, yeah, things are still things sound like they're different there, but it's probably the same. I don't know. What are, yeah, what are y'all hearing about America? Uh,
1: well, they're crazy. They
0: got gum islands.
1: Um uh, I'm pretty sure there's now January 6th, mm. at least January 7th, our time, because you know we're day ahead. Mm. Uh when I woke up, like I was shocked to see. Well, I mean, I wasn't shocked, those, you know, time to have time things gonna happen, but I was shocked to you know hear the news. And that made worldwide news, of course, kids you didn't know. Mm. Well I have been the Capitol right. And, and of course, you know, the people let me put it this way. So when Trump was president, uh, there was a little bit of mixture of him being popular, mostly because of North Korea, because how did he, I guess you say, handle North Korea. But uh, nobody really liked Trump. And I think nowadays, America's seen a little bit lighter because of Joe Biden.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it's not because of his policies, because Trump's not there. That's yeah.
0: why. Yeah. He's just kind of there, honestly.
1: Nah, like he only won because Trump messed. He fucked up COVID coronavirus. That's the one reason he's there. Mm. Like, let right. this be real. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But I do, I do want to end some things on a bright note, like before things get down. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, what? I want you to topic so you don't feel you know step down and de- down and stuff. But um, I, I think for sure, uh, travel is definitely going to blow up exponentially post COVID. You know, people are spending second home. Travelers, both amateur to professional, include me, who's kind of like, you know, amateur professional, I guess, quote unquote. I'm excited just to be able to travel and see other places, or even just go visit countries I've been to before, just you know, refresh and you know, get you know, get used to traveling and getting your travel legs again. Um, because for me, I think I'm gonna keep going, making more black travel guys, mm. and it's my hope that. There'll be more black travel guys, maybe for families or maybe for LGBT travelers, black LGBT travelers. Because let's be honest, y'all need it more than I do. Because <laughs> there's some countries or regions y'all can't go to without getting killed or arrested.
0: Really, killed or arrested?
1: Yeah, you didn't know that. Like, yeah, like Africa, like you can't go to Africa. With the South Africa, Africa is probably off limits for LGBT people, and definitely the Middle East for sure. Uh.
0: Like,
1: when i mean I, they're for, fine to visit though but you gotta go back in the closet it's to be straight yeah That's yeah cool.
0: yeah it's yeah i always yeah i was yeah i always think that yeah if i go somewhere i would have to yeah if and it would yeah. be for like survival
1: <laughs> like, hey, i want to recommend like i mean it's, there are a lot of places in africa in the middle east i want to visit because history because my history buff i love history yeah yeah But you course, getting like even i'm wearing like If you're gay, you're you're pretty much gonna be in trouble. Mm. uh, One place, if you ever go to, uh, if you ever get a chance to go to Asia, I highly recommend Taiwan. Okay. You ever ever heard about Taiwan?
0: I I mean, and I know that it's a country.
1: (laughs) It's actually one of the most LGBT-friendly countries in Asia.
0: Wow. Okay. Hmm.
1: Next to Thailand, so. Honestly, for LBG, LBG travelers, like you know, you can go. Tra- you can go to Thailand. You can also go to Taiwan if you're comfortable. You ain't not gotta worry about going in the closet and hiding. Like you can just be yourself and be happy.
0: What advice do you have to black people that are looking, to, thinking about traveling, but you yeah. know we can't right can't right now because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, what advice do you have to them to do right now?
1: Uh, one, Aussie, choose your country. Go ahead and make your list and remember uh everyone's travel experiences and stories will be different some countries will be more preferable to others because okay for example some people might like france but me i'd rather go to portugal instead because it's cheaper it's more fun that's just me some people might like portugal you might i like portugal you might like france better again it's just a preference um remember europe don't try to buy go out and buy a, spend money on clothes unless you, unless you need to buy, you know, say some, some trucks or hiking shoes. Sure. Unless you don't, don't have those, don't go, go to go shopping for clothes. Cause again, why are you trying to spend all the money trying to stunt? Cause you're on vacation. Like what's the point in that? <laughs> and, but also the big role is don't be afraid to travel because let's be honest, more countries, you'll be more safer outside the U S than you would be in the U S as a black person, as a black, black person. Like when you're outside the U S is like, Oh, you got, you got dark skin, you're black. Cool. Moving on. Huh. Next. Whereas in America, it's like, you're the we're, the, we're the boogeyman. We're like the most dangerous thing in the world.
0: Yeah. I get, yeah. And so, did you realize that when you started traveling? Because I think that's something yeah. that keeps a lot of black people from traveling is thinking that, yeah. oh, we have these bad experiences here. We're going to have them.
1: Yeah. No, no, I'm guilty of that myself. All right. So,
0: now, yes, there may be
1: some xenophobia against all foreigners. Like it just happens, even in Korea, even white people get discriminated against. Oh, true story. Uh, earlier this year, there was an outbreak at, uh, I think it's like some foreign employees. And so the Korean government in the, in the Seoul capital area, they had all uh, non Korean expats, they had to go line up and get tested. And all the white people were starting to complain on Facebook, like, "Oh, this is discrimination. This is xenophobia." And you know, black people were just joking, like, "Oh, so this is xenophobia? You're used to it now. You don't <laughs> like that shit." But uh, I mean, it was funny seeing the complaints. But at the same time, it was terrible, like how the government set up the the testing the testing sites because one, it was last minute, and two, there were like three or four locations that people could go to, so there wasn't like so, of course, there's massive long lines to get tested. And, of course, that caused issues, you know, possible cases, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. But,
1: um, but, yeah, so, again, I think every Black traveler, uh, even veteran travelers, they had that fear of themselves of, oh, if I go, because we're taught, I'm pretty sure, you know, many of us were taught to believe that through the U.S. news media, we're taught that, oh, America's a safe place to be. Everywhere else is scary and dangerous. And I had that fear for a long time, too, myself even when i was traveling to coming to korea i was scared like oh what's what's this gonna happen what's this gonna happen but now uh i feel more safe i feel more confident than i ever been while living in the u.s really well
0: wow. what so how long was the the flight because i'm yeah how what, what advice would you give to people who who hate flying because like i'm pretty sure that was a long flight
1: it is uh, <laughs> um, now, I flew from South Carolina to Atlanta to Washington to Seoul, South Korea. Um, one, I would say, if you feel if you still feel scared about flying, start small. Fly domestically. Fly, you know, in the country. Or go somewhere close. Like, fly to Mexico or Canada, the Caribbean, you know, South America. Help. Yeah, same thing with travel. If you're traveling, start small. Do domestic, And work your way up to eventually going to, say, somewhere close by. You can, Like I said, you can go to Canada. You can go to Mexico. South America, go to Brazil, uh, Jamaica, just do things that make you feel more comfortable and then work your way up to, you know, the, to the uh, Europe or Asia where you want to go or Australia, depending on where you want to go to.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing your your knowledge and sharing your your book uh, with me. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, good luck with with yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you. Uh, for those who don't know, my books, The Black Traveler's Guide to Inchon, Inchon I N C H E O N, and The Black Traveler's Guide to Daegu, Daegu, D A E G U, are both available in ebooks on Amazon right now.